Good afternoon. Welcome to Coffee and Conversation. This is a podcast from Del Norte County Unified School District and Del Norte County Office of Education. For those of you we haven't met, my name is Jeff Harris. I am the superintendent for both the district and the county. And joining me today are Leslie Machado, our director of curriculum and instruction. Welcome, Leslie. Thank you very much. And Ryan Botten, our... You want me to fill it in? I'll yeah. fill it in. It's the Director of Information Network Services. How many times is that? I don't know if I've ever gotten it right. I think, yeah, never. never. Okay. Maybe okay. once. Maybe. Okay. So um, this has been a crazy week, right? I mean, so to speak. <laughs> it's followed a crazy spring, which followed a crazy or which was before a crazy summer. Now it's been a crazy week. Um, staff have been back this week, classified staff, certificated staff, teachers, counselors, bus drivers. Everybody came back this week. And we've been trying to frame for everybody what this year is going to look like in light of COVID-19, right? So when we think about the uh, continuum of education that we're looking at, it's anything from distance learning to distance learning with small groups to blended learning. And if the state, by some miracle, ever lifts the um, stay-at-home order, then we can come back to every student in school every day for a full day. Um but let, let's talk a little bit about what families can expect to see, because teachers were, I think, a little surprised this week by what they heard, not not in a bad way, but it was finally real information. So, um, Ryan, you and Leslie were both presenting in webinars. You've been on the webinars. What do you think some of the things were that really kind of popped out that were aha moments for folks? In the first place, in the spring during crisis learning, Students weren't required. Uh, attendance was not required. And that will absolutely be a requirement now as we enter the fall. It is really school in session. There are instructional minutes that are required under Senate Bill 98 that went through legislation, I believe, at the end of June. Uh, it really lays out for for school districts and for teachers the requirements. Uh, and, and it's a lot different than just crisis learning where you're just offering educational opportunities. We, we are not there. We are now doing education. We are teaching um, through a, a distance learning. And I think maybe what popped up most to me was, you know, again, these, this was a lot of training. There were so many questions. I think, I think in just a, a two days worth of webinars with all of our staff back, we had, I don't know, somewhere approaching 400, 450 questions um, from our staff. And so many of them are so, so good questions. It's, it's finally that opportunity for us to, to share what we've all been working on and get that, you know, we've talked about it in the past when, with Tom here and Jeff on previous webinars about how once we get all our staff back, we can really dive in and engage, you know, and we're there now and it's pretty exciting. Yeah. Well, and I think the thing that I've heard out of it too is, you know, we've had a lot of families concerned about their children staring at a computer screen for five, six hours a day. Um, we tried to avoid that with our staff as they came back. Um, but like on Thursday, we had scheduled how many hours were you on webinar, Ryan? <laughs> I, think, I think I did eight and a half straight on, on Thursdays. It was a long day. And it wasn't just me. It was it was the rest of our staff as well. Right, right. Yeah. And it, and it doesn't feel fun. My eyeballs hurt. You know, I was tired. It's 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 a long that is a long day to sit and stare at a screen. But I will give a shout out to that second uh, session we had on Thursday afternoon uh, for social emotional learning. Um, as a tech guy, it's not really in my wheelhouse. Right. But it was good for me to listen to that and remember that we're humans, too. And, you know, we need to take a deep breath sometimes and, and make sure that we're taking care of ourselves as well. So it was just good to kind of wrap 
that long day Thursday up with that reminder that, you know, you got to take care of your social, emotional well-being and those of our students. Well, and I think that's a cool thing, you know, is because our, our staff, you know, we well, we've heard at board meetings, let's have these teachers teach a full day and we want to make sure that that they're engaging students online every day. And I get the need for really looking at that holistic educational experience for kids, but it is impossible. It's impossible for a child to sit there and be on a computer for two solid hours, much less four or six solid hours, right? Because even on days when when students come to school, they're not sitting there in rapt, uninterrupted attention watching their teacher provide a lecture for six hours. We break that day up into much smaller chunks. There's a lot of transition. There are breaks. There are a lot of things that go on during a day. And and I think that's one of the things that came out of it is we did that for adults. We most definitely need to do that for kids. Absolutely. And we looked at, we talked a lot about this week about those instructional minutes. And one of the requirements under Senate Bill 98 is that there has to be daily live interaction. And this has to be with the teacher and their peers. So it's just not, it's not just a one-on-one conversation. It has to be for that school connectedness piece. It's huge. It's important. And so we talked about different schedules, what that could look like with a, for a kindergartner. I mean, it's going to be difficult with a kindergartner. So maybe get them on, say good morning, get them with their peers, have a conversation, say, hey, for the next 20 minutes, you're going to work on this, log off, let them work, check back in. It's going to be taking times and really chunking that into smaller snippets of time um, throughout a, a block that that we'll expect uh, our, our kiddos to be able to get on it and, and interact synchronously. Oh, there's the word. <laughs> synchronous. It didn't take us that long to get into it. Maybe five minutes and we hit the word synchronous. That's right. Now, I just wanted to follow up on what Leslie said is that something that kept coming up is that this, you know, this isn't, this is school, right? But it's not school as normal. We don't need to try to force our, our normal, you know, eight to three school day, you know, sit in the classroom, take a recess, take a lunch, sit in the classroom situation. We have the opportunity now to to separate that, to chunk it out, to give more free time and, and kind of give that flexibility. And I think it's it's necessary. We shouldn't try to force the same exact bell schedule onto these days. Well, you know, because one of the things that I've said from the get-go, especially these first um, four to five weeks of school when we're in distance learning, is we really want to focus on making sure that the minimum instructional minutes are solid, right? So for kindergarten, those minimum minutes are three hours for basically first through 12th. It's four hours. Um, and I was a middle school principal for a long time. And and there was one year that I worked with my staff. We were looking at how do we increase test scores. And as we were going through it, we did a time study. And actually, by the time you took out all of the transitions, you took out lunch, you took out breaks, you took out all the bits and pieces that happened. On any given day, we had between four and a half and four and maybe five hours total of real instructional time. And even that included students working independently while I worked with other students or just taking tests or whatever that was. So when we think about what this looks like at home, if, you know, if we as teachers on that direct instructional piece are taking maybe five hours, then we can't expect parents to be sitting there with their children staring at a computer screen 
for four or five, just getting overloaded with information and, and other things. So, but let's talk a little bit because we talked about synchronous learning. Uh, there's also asynchronous learning. So um, our community, our families are going to hear a lot about synchronous and asynchronous learning in the next, well, I would say probably the next year. So um, talk a little bit about what synchronous learning is um, and, and the flip side of that asynchronous. So how I remember it is synchronous same, same time. So this is happening live. Uh, the teacher and students, uh, it could be a whole class, it could be a small group. Uh, they are interacting live at the same time. So this will more than likely happen via Zoom. And, and this is a time where teachers are offering direct instruction. They're doing some social emotional learning. They're previewing some of the work that students might be working on later independently. They could be checking in with kids, offering live feedback on, on assignments that they're working on, if they're sharing those on a Google Doc or a slide deck. And then uh, the inverse of that would be asynchronously. So this is the time when kids are not on a screen time that they're working independently. So they, they might be doing some of the work that the teacher talked, spoke about earlier during synchronous time. Um, they might be collaborating on a, on a discussion board and, and posting something there, some feedback. So the synchronous time and the asynchronous time are what distance learning is made up of those two times. And what's really important to remember is that during asynchronous time, we have to be very flexible with this time. We understand that not all kiddos are going to be able to do work within an hour block. And it's going to be dependent on who's there to support them and what else is going on in that household. So that asynchronous time, although you might see on a schedule that there's asynchronous time built in there, we knew and we heard this from a lot of our high school teachers, gosh, kids were turning in things at two in the morning and one in the morning. It allows parents and students the flexibility to do that work when they need to do it. And I want to point out that, that that asynchronous time, I mean, we talk a lot about technology and devices, and yes, it's obviously important, but a lot of that asynchronous work is going to be non in front of a computer. Is, well, I, I think, I, I think yeah. the hope that's going to be the, um, you know, the science project, the, you know, does this object float in water kind of things. Those are going to be the, 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 out of the more hands-on kind of thing is how I'm, I'm hoping to see it. Research, exploration. Um, exactly. Right. Writing that paragraph that describes something. It's really going to be what I think most of you um, as families, as, as caregivers really would think of as practice or homework or those other, um, those other words that we use for it when actually kids come to school every day. Right. Um, again, I go back to my own experience as a teacher and I was an English teacher, I didn't send my kids home with homework. We packed our time in school, but they didn't take anything home. My colleagues, though, gave a lot of uh, flex time during the day, but then they told told students, you can go home and work on it. This, this asynchronous time, this not at the same time work, I think it's going to be that. It really is practicing things that, that they know. It's going to be playing with things that are new. Um, but I think the beauty of it, too, and Leslie, you can chime in here, We've talked about flipped learning. We've talked about some different things like that, where the asynchronous time may be an opportunity for some really in-depth learning in their own space and then practicing live. Correct. Our, our teachers are going to work, be working really hard. Um, we introduced um, some tools for them so that if they wanted to, they could record themselves um, doing a lesson. And then they could take that lesson, you know, 10 to 15 minutes. They could post it in their 
LMS, so a learning management system um, for grades three through 12. That's usually typically you're going to see either Google Classroom or Canvas. And for kindergarten through second grade, TK, I'm sorry, through second grade, uh, more than likely it'll be Seesaw or they may also choose to use Canvas. But they'd post that 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 video in their, in their learning management system. A kiddo can go watch that on their own time, asynchronous. And then when the synchronous time happens, same time, when the teacher's on there, then this is a great time for teachers to elicit feedback and, and check for understanding and see if kiddos understood what they were watching on their own time. Um, so that's another way to, to utilize and think about that synchronous and asynchronous time. And we call that flipped. That's a flipped uh, a model of, of teaching. And you know, the other kind of beautiful thing about that, we've had a lot of parents who have said, I don't understand the work that my child's been asked to do. They weren't there for the instruction. They're there for the back end when they're doing the work. This allows families to see the instruction, to understand the instruction, and go back and revisit that when the child gets work, right? How many times as a middle school uh, math teacher did I, I teach a lesson? Uh, kiddos go home, they come back the next day, I go, Mrs. Machado, as soon as I got home, I forgot it. I knew when I was in class. <laughs> And this is the beautiful thing is that you can play it, you can pause it, you can start it, you can rewind it, go back. I didn't get that part. It, it's really, a, it's a really beautiful model, I think, for a, for a lot of reasons. And I just want to point out that um, we, we heard a lot of the feedback from crisis learning in the spring about uh, lack of visibility possibly into, into what was being asked of the students by the parents. And so we've really worked, um, I hope collaboratively, I think we have um, with our staff and in our decision making over the summer to make sure that whatever tools we're using, whether that's Classroom or, or, or Seesaw or Canvas, we make sure there's that parent visibility to that tool. And so everything we're using, you know, will give parents and families access to what the student is seeing right side by side. So they can provide that support because, you know, we said it a hundred times where we, we are in this together. We're, you know, as a community teaching our students. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think this is our I, and I've said it a million times. We we always want parents to be partners in education. And this year we are closer partners than we ever thought we would be. So, <laughs> but, but, you know, and that kind of brings us back um, to what supports are we providing to families? Because, you know, it's, it's one thing on the academic front and we really want to make sure that we're um, very open about that. And what, what are children learning? How are they learning? Um, uh, what's the work that they're doing? Because again, if we go back to those minimum instructional minutes, like I was talking about earlier, the three hours for kinder and the four hours for first through 12th, those are minimum minutes, but that's a blend of synchronous and asynchronous. So, um, you know, I, I think Leslie, you shared earlier with staff this week, what that may look like. And it kind of ramps up as the child gets a little older, as far as what the synchronous piece may be versus the asynchronous. Right. We, we've asked teachers, uh, Ray Fearing and I were sharing a schedule that Ray created and it had blocks of time that were staggered. So for a TK through second grade, while they may be in school, in quotes, you couldn't see that, um, from 8.30 to 11.30, that synchronous block of that's a window would be from 8.30 to 10, about an hour and a half. That does not mean when you see that, I want to say this a thousand times, that does not mean that we expect a four-year-old to be on screen on a Zoom video 
from 8.30 to 10. What it does mean is that during that time, that's a that's a sacred window of time that teachers may pop in and out. A teacher may pop in and out with a whole class, a small group, and, and work with, with students synchronously. And that, like Mr. Harris said, that will ramp up. So you go to first grade, I believe it's two hours, and then it gets up to high school and it's around four hours of synchronous learning time. And again, that doesn't mean necessarily that a high school student or that we recommend that a student's going to be face-to-face online that entire time. But those are broken down into chunks of time where there's synchronous and asynchronous learning happening. And just like we're stair-stepping into school with distance learning and then distance learning with small cohorts and then ultimately back into blended learning, we're kind of stair-stepping into the instructional time as well. We're starting at this level. We'll be adding time as we get into it. And then by the time we're in that blended learning model, we'll be back to um, pretty close to a full day. So, you know, we're, we're going to see that kind of growth. So, um, you know, we just want to invite everybody to, to make sure that you are checking our website, taking a look at things, contacting your child's teacher, your, your child's principal, if you have questions, because I think one of the things right now that really is plaguing our community is, um, internet gossip, social media, yeah, well, I, I, I know, I, I know. don't, I don't believe it. <laughs> I, I actually heard this week from a community member that it was circulating on social media that if a child had COVID symptoms, we were sending them to a COVID detention facility or a COVID camp. Wow. But well, I mean, it, it's amazing that 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 would even be put out there, right? Um, but but we don't want social media to interfere with a parent's understanding of what's truly going on with their child or with a child's education. Yeah. And we're here. I mean, we answer the phones, we respond to emails. Um, if you have any questions, I mean, I highly recommend going to the source, right? I mean, go to, D, go to dnusd.org, um, you know, reach out to any one of us here. And um, we, we are, I swear, we're responsive um, and we'll, we'll get you the straight answer. Well, as a matter of fact, you know, we were talking about computer support. Um, last year, you guys did a lot, Ryan, your department in making sure that we were able to, to get families on in a very rapid pace. Um, what, what does that look like going into this year? Well, I can tell you, we started deploying devices this week. Uh, my team, I'm going to give a shout out to Kyle Curtis specifically. He's really led this charge. Um, and he's just done a great job of making sure we're getting those devices ready uh, alongside the rest of my team and, and sites have done a great job getting that deployment happening. So, um, I can tell you at one school today alone, we checked out 160 devices. Um, that was just at one school. And so that was just today. Um, so they're going out there and that's great. And so now that they're out there, I think the question becomes what happens if there's a, an issue? What if I have a question? Right. And so in the spring, we had spun up a, a dedicated family support hotline and that line is still active and it's, it's still being answered. And I'm just, I'll say it here and it'll be posted. It is posted on our, on our family's page. Um, that's 464-7005. And that, that line is specific and it rings every one of my team members' phones at the same time and whoever answers first gets it. Um, that's our supporting you out there in the in the community in the home the student with the question the the parent who's like how do i turn this thing on um anything really really anything that's what our job is to make sure you're effective at home um so that's a separate line to our our normal staff support line and again that's that's 464-7005 so you know, I, I think in the time we have left, which isn't isn't much, it's amazing how fast 20 minutes goes. Um, 
you know, we're going to be reaching out to families over the course of the next week. We're going to be, um, you, every family should expect that their child's teacher, or if their child is in upper grades, a teacher for their child, um, will contact them directly this week. Um, have conversations, make sure their tech is working because our goal is really that we're going to hit the ground with a hard start. School starts on Monday, August 31st, no matter what. And uh, will it be virtual? Absolutely. But will there be attendance? Totally. Um, Are grades going to be given instead of a pass fail? Absolutely. Um, Are we going to be watching um, when we start talking about attendance, and I think Leslie, you brought this up probably just before we we came on, and that is not only will attendance be taken, but we are going to we're required by law to have a reengagement strategy if we don't see kids or they do not participate for three days or more. So um, we're gonna we're gonna be reaching out. We're gonna be having those conversations. Um, it, it truly is school, but it's school via internet. For sure. And my, I would just say again that uh, for parents out there, if you have questions, please reach out to your teacher first. That, that is your first point of contact. Reach out to this, your student's teacher. Um, everyone's trying to help and everyone's working really hard. And next week, teachers will be learning more. It's wonderful that they're going to have the opportunity and the time to, to spend and, and learn the tools and the strategies that they need um, to, to teach in a dis- distance way. So thank you for your support and your patience. We appreciate it. Ryan, any last thoughts? I don't think so. I think we're, I think we're ready. I just, I, I I will say we had a lot of excitement this week with these, with the, you know, with the webinars and the training of our internal staff. And, you know, even though it was virtual, it was great to see people back. And it's always an exciting time at the start of the year. And um, yes, this is different, but that excitement is still here. And and um, I know our staff are, um, I think one of the words that came out was maybe overwhelmed. And I think that's, I think that's mm-hmm. fair. You know, I think that's fair, but they're also excited. I think that was right alongside being, you know, this is a lot, but we're going to do it. Yeah. Yeah. And and this, this is going to bring a lot on, uh, it's going to put a lot on everybody's plate. Um, but you know, I I think together, not only will we get through it, I think in some ways it'll redefine what we look at as education. It's going to make everybody, you know, kind of, I think up the game a little bit. And I mean, everybody, it's everybody from students to, to, um, uh, our community and what they expect to our staff, both at school sites at the district office across the board, we've had technology for decades and we've always taught using technology or we've taught technology. We've never integrated technology deeply into our structure and our practice. And I think this year is the year that it happens. So. Absolutely. We're here for it. (laughs) And just to let everybody know, we have to give Ryan and his staff some of the biggest, I think, thank yous. Um, all of this that's being done digitally, all this that's being supported digitally is being done by six people. Yeah. Six people. Amazing. Uh, Absolutely amazing. Amazing. So Ryan, Leslie, um, thank you so much for joining us. Um, we hope to see everybody back next week, both for our, um, uh, Monday update and our Wednesday webinar on the Wednesday webinar at one, uh, Tom Kissinger, our assistant superintendent, will be leading a discussion um, in regards to restarting school on Monday, August 31st. 
And um, we'll have additional information on, I think, a lot of aspects of distance learning and some really cool stuff to show you. So, um, again, thank you for joining us, and we hope everybody has a safe weekend. Thank you. Thank you.